Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Namaskar. Welcome to the latest episode of State of the Economy. We have four or five high-frequency economic indicators, and all are showing very positive signs. It seems that the economy is also doing well. But is it correct to say the momentum will continue? To talk about all those things, we have with us Aditi Nair, Chief Economist with ICRA. Welcome to the show, Aditi. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be here. Aditi, uh, GST collection in July was third highest since inception. What should we read? The GST numbers have been doing quite well and I have broadly been tracking uh, our expectations as well. And you're very right. Uh, they're third highest since uh, the inception of GST. And that's quite an important thing to note, especially because the only two months where uh, the collections have been higher have been in the last two Aprils. And typically, April month tends to be an aberration for GST collections because it not only reflects the collections for uh, transactions conducted in the previous month, which is the month of March, and quarter-ending months uh, always see a pickup in uh, the GST collections. But also what we tend to find is that there are a lot of uh, sort of year-end uh, Uh, adjustments that uh, the payers seem to be making. So the April months are always exceptionally high, even as compared to the other quarter ending months. So the fact that the last month of uh, GST collections has been the third highest, barring only the last two Aprils, is actually a very notable number. Growth also still remains in double digits. That's, you know, just a slight niggling concern that we have on the pace of growth uh, uh, tapering off because of the imported uh, uh, the collections on imports. But other than that, GST numbers are extremely robust. What about second quarter? Since uh, this will also be beginning of the festive season. So what can we expect uh, on the GST front? See, broadly, uh, the GST collections in this quarter will be, so July, August, September will reflect the transactions in June, July and August. So really speaking, the festive season collections will come into the Q3 numbers, not into the Q2 numbers. But I am quite hopeful that uh, on average, uh, we look like we're going to be on track to meet the full year CGST budget estimates. Although this is going to be on the back of robust or domestic uh, activity and uh, domestic transactions on which GST is collected. Whereas the outlook for imports and therefore IGST on imports is quite uh, bleak right now. Uh, Now coming to two other indicators. One is of course the auto dispatches, which uh, recorded a growth of 3% plus. And then we saw the PMI manufacturing almost at constant level what we had in the month of June. Uh, what can we read from these two numbers? See, the PMI numbers remaining flat means that uh, the momentum of uh, economic activity is being maintained. And uh, PMI, typically, you know, it's a survey indicator. Uh, so it's averaging across a number of uh, respondents, but it doesn't really account for size. So uh, we have to take the PMI numbers with a little bit of a pinch of salt. Having said that, overall, I do believe it is reflective of the fact that the momentum of activity is quite strong. It may still be very uneven. We may still have a better uh, uh, showing of uh, services as compared to goods, which is our baseline expectation for this year. But overall, I would say that the economic momentum is quite good. And uh, we do think that uh, we are probably in for about an 8.5% GDP growth in the first quarter of this year, also benefiting from the YOY decline in the commodity prices. Okay. Now, the biggest threat is inflation, and that number will be out uh, on 12th of this month. So what is your reading on that? 
So we do expect uh, there to be a temporary uptake in the CPI inflation and for it to cross 6% in uh, the month of July, uh, coming on the back of the shock in uh, vegetable prices, as well as the lag in Kharif sowing that we saw for most of uh, the last month. See, this year the monsoon has been highly erratic. We had a delayed onset and tardy progress through the month of June. And then we've had these bursts of heavy rainfall in July, which have pulled up the average for the first half of the monsoon season to above normal. But it's really not been a very good distribution of rainfall uh, in these two months. And uh, Kharif sowing has caught up for a lot of crops except pulses. So I would say that the next two weeks are going to be quite, quite, quite crucial as far as uh, uh, sowing is concerned. Uh, government has taken a lot of measures to try and cool off uh, the vegetable prices and other prices of food items as well. So we do think that the uptake in the food inflation uh, will reverse itself in uh, due course. And we are quite hopeful that it is not going to generalize into other uh, prices. So given this context, our expectation is that uh, now the CPI inflation for uh, Q2 will be higher than what the MPC had last forecast. And we've revised our full year uh, CPI inflation uh, forecast to 5.3% from 5.1%. Okay. So if I understand correctly, the July number, which will be out on 12th, it will be more than 6%, but it should not be taken as a general uh, line for the month of August or September. It could be high, but not that high what we see in the month of April or before that. Yes, that's right. As of now, we are fairly uh, hopeful that uh, the August number will fall back uh, materially from the July number. What about the rate implication? Because now the uh, the expectation is that any kind of rate, lowering of rate, what we were expecting in the third quarter of the current calendar uh, may be pushed to the next quarter of the uh, next calendar or the last quarter of the this fiscal. What do you have to say on this? Well, to be quite frank, we had no expectations that uh, there were going to be rate cuts in the rest of this fiscal year. In fact, even before this shock that we've seen in uh, food prices in July, we were expecting the first rate cut to only come in in June of next year. And I will stand by that uh, as of now. See, what we are broadly expecting is that in the August policy, we will have status quo on the rates and the stance, but we will have a pretty hawkish commentary around that. Now, for rate cuts to start, uh, we would have to have inflation falling to, I would imagine that the outlook for inflation will need to be below 4.5% for at least a couple of quarters for the MPC to be ready to start uh, cutting rates. And as per the current uh, forecast that we have from uh, the MPC for this year and our own expectations, we don't think that those conditions are going to be met anytime soon. Now, okay. the MPC and the governor have really gone and reiterated that it's the 4% inflation target, not just being within the tolerance band of 4 to 6% that we need to watch out for. Now, coming to another indicator, which is the fiscal uh, deficit, the number we saw for the first quarter, uh, it is something around uh, 25%. But the most important thing that the capital expenditure uh, was almost 28% of the budget allocation. How this is going to pan out all uh, through this year? Absolutely. So the fiscal deficit uh, did go up in year-on-year -year terms in Q1 of this year compared to last year. But there are two very major reasons for that. One is this front-loading of capital expenditure, which is very, very welcome. And the other uh, factor is that the tax devolution to the state governments has actually been very much front-loaded uh, this year as compared to past years. 
uh, even if we see the amounts uh, that have been released up to July, they're well above uh, the corresponding period of last year. And this is also something that we do hope is going to nudge the states to upfront their own capex in line with what the government of India has done. So in terms of the underpinnings of uh, the fiscal deficit, uh, uh, we are seeing this as quite uh, positive in terms of having a better quality of expenditure and really being able to uh, sustain economic growth going ahead. But one concern is that the private investment is not coming up. So is this a real concern or will there be some kind of progress in coming months? See, here we remain hopeful. Uh, last year, we had a record announcements made from the private sector in terms of new project announcements. And while all of them may not uh, fructify immediately, we do think that in a lot of sectors, there is very meaningful intent to invest uh, fairly quickly. So sectors like cement, steel, passenger vehicles, electric vehicles, hotels, real estate, data centers, and new age uh, sectors like that. So we, we are quite hopeful that there will be a broadening of the private sector capex cycle uh, in the coming months. Aditi, my final question to you that uh, we just saw IMF uh, hiking the growth expectation for the current fiscal from 59 to 6.1%. And then we, uh, we also saw some kind of changes from other agencies too. Uh, you mentioned that the first quarter number could be something in the range of 8, 8%. Are you going to change the estimate for the whole fiscal? So our full year estimate for the GDP growth is still 6% uh, with an upside of 50 basis points predicated on uh, front-loaded capex by the center states and of course uh, the private sector as well. And uh, a downside of 50 basis points uh, if the monsoon um, turns out to be fairly disruptive in the second half of the season. I, I would say downside of up to 50 basis points. So a baseline estimate is 6% uh, even now. But of course, we will keep uh, refining our estimate going ahead depending on uh, the incoming data. But overall, I would say that uh, as of now, the momentum uh, looks uh, quite healthy. And uh, also, uh, margins would be under a lot less pressure uh, in the immediate term, uh, which is something that should help to shore up the industrial sector GDA as well. Thank you, Aditi. Thank you so much. <laughs>